Hello again. It's that time of year, you know, the time when I come to visit. And uh, I, I'm, I'm Elisa, by the way. I'm. It's kind of an empress. Was an empress. It's a long story. Don't have time for that. Um, no, I, I am here once again because it is this very spooky time of year to read you some scary stories that somebody, someone, has conveniently left out. On the table here for me to read to you, I guess. Sure, let's see what kind of fucking dog shit was left out this year. Hmm, what, what is this? The tale of Gabriel Stacy and Sarah Stacy. Well, that's not snappy at all. Almost looks like they were trying to get a thing called Sin's Past, but instead ended up with this stupid piece of shit. Uh, whatever. I guess I can read it. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Well, what the fuck does this thing say? The story arc, Sins Past, by J. Michael Straczynski, reveals that Gwen Stacy fell pregnant with twins after having sex with Norman Osborne, a boy and a girl to whom were given birth while in France. I'm not even sure that's grammatically correct, but whatever. Here we go. Reading it as is. Gwen vowed to raise the twins with Peter Parker and refused to allow Norman access. That's just rude. Seeing Gwen as a threat to his potential heirs, the Green Goblin killed Gwen. That's also rude. Norman then raised Gwen's two children, a boy named Gabriel, and a girl named Sarah. Yes, we know. You said that before. Yes, it was in the title of the article. Um, piece of paper thing. Uh, well, whatever. Due to Norman's enhanced blood, the twins aged about two to three times faster than normal, and were adults within the span of a few years, speculated to be between five and nine years old. So, they're still children, technically. Osborne told the twins that Peter was really their father and was responsible for their mother's death. 
but he raised them anyway, so his niece to the Gabriel and Sarah then attacks Spider-Man, and Spider-Man subsequently deduces their true identities thanks to a note they sent that had been written by Gwen while in Paris, probably detailing how she fucked Norman so, so fucking hard. However, seeking to confirm it, Peter goes to Gwen's grave and digs up a sample of Gwen's DNA to look for cum stains. I mean, to compare to the twins' DNA, which was obtained from the letter's envelope. During a brief confrontation with Sarah, just after the DNA analysis completed, Spider-Man learns that she clearly resembles her mother, but is forced to escape when Gabriel attacks. Peter tells Mary Jane Watson about the initial encounter with Gabriel and Sarah. Whereupon, Mary Jane reveals of knowing about Norman's involvement with Gwen and tells all to Peter. How does she know? Hey, well, I guess that's not important either. Mary Jane has kept it from Peter all these years because Gwen was distraught and begged Mary Jane not to say anything, but still told her everything, as well as not wanting to taint uh, Peter's memory of the only woman Peter ever loved as much as, if not more than, Mary Jane. Well, that, I mean, okay. Arranging a press conference. Oh, boy. Spider-Man tells Gabriel and Sarah to meet on the bridge where Gwen died, telling the truth about the twins' origins. Okay. Sarah believes Spider-Man, concluding that Peter would never have dug up Gwen's grave to acquire a DNA sample if there was even a chance of being their father. Spider-Man having never even run his own DNA against theirs because Peter and Gwen never reached that stage in their relationship. But Gabriel does not, resulting in him attempting to attack Spider-Man only to accidentally shoot Sarah. Oops. With their metabolisms out of control due to the goblin formula within their metabolism, Gabriel returns to a secret goblin base that Osborne told them to travel to after they completed their mission, taking more goblin formula as the Grey Goblin, which apparently stabilized his aging problem at the cost of what remains of his sanity. While Sarah is taken to hospital and given a transfusion of Spider-Man's blood while in the hospital. I mean, that's just silly. Why would Spider-Man give his blood to anyone? It's his blood. He should keep it. Spider-Man's abnormal blood also serving to stabilize her condition, both physically and mentally, with Mary Jane imagining Spider-Man kicking Norman's ass on a cellular level, as Spider-Man's blood defeats the goblin formula nominees in Sarah's system. Okay, then. Wow. When the goblin tries to attack the weakened Spider-Man, Sarah shoots the goblin's glider, recognizing that Spider-Man is not responsible for their mother's death causing an explosion that results in her brother vanishing. Vanishing. Sarah flees from the hospital, while Gabriel is later found washed up on a beach with no memory of what happened and drunk out of his mind. Uh, addition me, he, he, he just he washed up and got no brains, I don't know. A follow-up story, titled Scenes Remembered, was written by Sam Barnes with art by Scott Eden. Peter locates Sarah in Paris, where Sarah has her amnesiac brother restrained in her home. With the help of Spider-Man and Interpol, Sarah helps build a case against the criminal Monsieur Dupre. Dupre? Dupre? 
in exchange for the Interpol's help with her rapid aging disease, which is causing her and Gabriel severe headaches. But during this time, Gabriel escapes, prompting Sarah to join Interpol in hopes of finding her brother. This story arc was later collected as a trade paperback in 2005, as the spectacular Spider-Man Volume 5 sins remembered ISBN blah 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 blah. You don't give a shit about that, and neither do I. Straczynski ultimately wished to retcon the characters out of existence using the events of the One More Day story arc, but was not permitted to do so. Spider-Man, while confronting the villain Menace, reacts by saying there's enough problems with yet another Grey Goblin to deal with. During the Dark Reign storyline, Molecule Man's torment of the Dark Avengers includes Osborn hallucinating Gwen pregnant about to be killed, and one of Norman's male super soldier test subjects is identified as G. Stacy. Gabriel officially returned in the American Sun miniseries, although Sarah's whereabouts are still unknown, even though it seemed like she had more going on, as the second version of American Sun. He introduces himself to Harry Osborn, then shoots his half-brother in the chest. American Son appears and saves Harry. After his attempt on Harry's life, Gabriel confronts the American Son battlesuit and demands to know why American Son interfered. It is subsequently revealed that Gabriel has stolen the American Son armor and is now suffering from a split personality, committing crimes as himself. Well, he's... Um, okay. Committing crimes as himself while American Sun undoes the damage he has caused, identifying himself, uh, itself, as part of Gabriel that recognizes that what he's doing is wrong. Gabriel hears a planned ambush by a police squad and proceeds to attack. Before he can do any real damage, however, he is stopped by Spider-Man. After kidnapping reporter Norval Winters, and luring Harry to a vacant warehouse, Gabriel makes another attempt on Harry's life. While locked in combat, the half-brothers discuss their respective views of their father, like you do. Harry attempts to convince Gabriel that their father is an evil monster who only craves death and power, while Gabriel tells Harry that his half-brothers are waste of the Osborne bloodline. Saddened by the inability to reach Gabriel, Harry reveals hacking into the American Sun armor and quickly overpowers Gabriel. That makes no sense. Uh, after Gabriel is defeated, the warehouse is set on fire, and the half-brothers are saved by Spider-Man and a police squad. Following his capture, Gabriel is placed in a psychiatric hospital and informed that the American Sun suit is thought to be destroyed. However, a package is soon delivered to his room containing the American Sun helmet, and a note from his father telling him of loving Gabriel and missing his son. It is revealed in the Sinister War event that Gabriel and Sarah are not, in fact, the children of Gwen Stacy, but are, in reality, part of a massive cloning conspiracy set up by an AI computer backup of Harry Osborne's consciousness, the Chameleon, and Mysterio, to help Harry exact revenge on both his father and Peter Parker. Several versions of Sarah and Gabriel were created, each succumbing to cellular clone degeneration. It is eventually revealed by Norman that the AI Harry was influenced by Mephisto, who brought Sarah and Gabriel back into this world after torturing them in hell, corrupting them and transforming them into demonic revenant soldiers known as the Kindred. Stephen Strange decides to gamble with Mephisto for the sake of Harry Osborn's soul and succeeds. In doing so, 
is able to exorcise Mephisto from Sarah and Gabriel, finally freeing them and allowing them to de degenerate and pass on a final time. Then they, uh, they are then mourned by Peter Parker, after Sarah's last words about Gwen, asking if they actually never had a mother. Well, spooky, wasn't that? Real, real fucking scary. Scary shit. What the fuck was that? What? 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 what what's this? What? What the fuck is this? This, this wasn't here. Who put this here? Um, Casper mattresses. What? Okay, who? Who is Casper? And why do you want me to read about his mattresses? What? Another one? Okay, uh, fine, fine, fine. What, what the fuck does this one say? The, uh, the, today's episode of Shack Funk is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up now for using offer code SNICK. Uh, okay, this is a joke, right? It's a joke? I mean, what, 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 what the fuck is this thing happening? Tell them about your favorite audio book. I, I don't have a favorite audio book. We don't even have this format in my world. What, what is this? I mean, why would you need an audio book anyway? I'm already reading to you. Just listen to this recording again and save your time and money. What are you doing? Uh, and, okay, fine. Yes, yes, sign up for an audible.com account. Offer code SNACK to save 10% off your next purchase of an audiobook or whatever the fuck else they sell on this audible.com thing. I, I don't know. Um, God, are there any more? These, this is an advertisement, right? I'm just, are you just turning me into a shell now? Hmm. No. Okay, good. No more? No more for now, I'm being told. By the screen. Wait! It's a ghost. You're a ghost, right? Oh, you're the Casper who wants to sell your mattress. What? What's wrong with it? Oh, that's. That's disgusting. I mean, surely you're not going to sell it in that condition. I mean, no, 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 no. Stop and think about this, Mr. Ghost Casper. Nobody is going to buy a mattress that is just caked in layers of the dried and sticky ectoplasm. Nobody, nobody wants that. Okay, maybe. You, you make a fair point. Maybe somebody wants that. Yeah, uh, it's a long shot, dude. Okay? I, I, can I just read this other shit? I came here to read the scary shit, okay? Okay, cool. I'm going back to reading the scary shit. Anyway. Uh, fuck, wait, what's the next one? Clone Saga. Uh, well, that, that sounds simple enough. I mean, what, what kind of craziness can you do with it? It's just, it's just clones, I mean. Sure, any you know, skilled magician can create clones. It's not that hard. Um, there were two clone sagas. Well, then why why is there another article about a third clone saga? Ne never mind. Um, does anybody even care about the first one? It's a very short 
I'm sure it'd be short. I guess I'll read it. In December of 1973, writer Jerry Conway made the decision to kill off the girlfriend of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man number 121 because the editorial team felt that Gwen had become stale as a character and they wanted to instill an additional element of tragedy into Peter Parker's life. From what I hear, the guy didn't have enough of that going on already. In the follow-up arcs, Conway introduced a new villain called the Jackal, and that Gwen Stacy seemingly returned from the dead. Wait, what? Oh, oh, okay, that makes sense now. See, I've heard little bits and pieces about this, this Spider-Man fellow. Um, so some of this is making sense to me. And well, that's interesting. So this happened after this Gwen person got killed off for stupid reasons. Okay, I get it. I'm gonna go. The Jackal was the main villain, uh, well, was the villain identity of Gwen and Peter's biology professor, Miles Warren, who could not cope with the death of Gwen, with whom he had a secret infatuation because he was a dirty old man. As an expert on cloning, he creates clones of both Gwen and Peter, discovering Peter is Spider-Man as a result. That doesn't explain why he made Peter. He made Gwen because he's a dirty old pervert who wanted a real doll, but he made Peter because... I mean, I, I guess maybe he was into Peter too and he just had trouble admitting that. I don't know. The Jackal blames Spider-Man for Gwen's death and wants to kill him, but not the clone of him because the, the clone is his son in a way. The Jackal kidnaps Spider-Man and forces him to fight his clone. Both men believe they are the real Peter Parker. The two Spider-Men soon decide to work together, but one is seemingly killed by the same bomb that kills the Jackal. The surviving Spider-Man determines he is the original because he is in love with Mary Jane Watson, which did not happen until after Professor Warren created the clone. Spider-Man drops the body of the clone into an incinerator. Gwen Stacy's clone disappears to find a new life for herself. The Amazing Spider-Man number 149, the climactic installment of the original clone saga, leaves it ambiguous whether it is the original Spider-Man or his clone who perishes in the bomb explosion. Conway says this ambiguity was unintentional, as at the time he took it as a given that Marvel would never replace the star of the Amazing Spider-Man with a clone. Um, Okay, there's a bridge segment between these clown sagas. So here it is. A few years later, Spider-Man encountered Carrion, who claimed to be a degenerated clone of Warren. The clone of Gwen Stacy reappeared many years later when she was being pursued by the High Evolutionary, who was determined to discover how Warren had been able to perfect cloning. In the process, he discovered that Warren had not but had instead created a genetic virus which transformed already living beings into supposed clones of other people. Which really makes you think, but that guy, he dropped down and incinerated, maybe that was just a guy. Um, but I don't think they're going to get into that. It was claimed that the Gwen clone was really a woman named Joyce Delaney, who was seemingly cured of the virus and left to lead her own life once more. Later, Spider-Man investigated Warren's old laboratory and discovered that Carrion was another former, stu former student of Warren's, Malcolm McBride, 
who was infected with the virus and became the new Carrion. Many years after that, in Scarlet Spider Unlimited Number 1, this story arc was molded to fit into the new Clone Saga. And here it is. More years passed before Spider-Man's clone reappeared. He had survived the battle, and for five years had lived in existence under the name Ben Riley, a combination of Peter's Uncle Ben's first name and Aunt May's maiden name, and develops a superhero identity of his own as the Scarlet Spider after returning to New York City. A series of chaotic events followed, in which Peter and Ben were plagued by both a resurrected jackal and by Kane, who was an unsuccessful first clone of Spider-Man. In the process, another clone of Spider-Man became the villain Spider-Side. Matters were further confused by the interventions of the mysterious and seemingly all-powerful Judas Traveler and Scryer. The revelations made by the High Evolutionary were revealed to have been inaccurate, driven by a determination to discredit Warren, who had formerly worked with him. Medical tests indicated Peter was actually the clone, and Ben the original. Peter temporarily, temporarily retired as Spider-Man, leaving the mantle of Spider-Man to Ben while he prepared for his new role as a father after the, sc- after the discovery that Mary Jane was pregnant. Peter even lost his powers for a time during his retirement, although they eventually came back after a near-death experience. The climax revealed that Peter, Ben, the Jackal, Judas Traveler, and many others had all been manipulated for years by Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, who had returned from the dead and been secretly masterminding the entire saga. Osborn said Peter was the original, having faked the evidence that revealed Peter's status as the clone as part of a plan to break Peter's spirit. A claim that was confirmed when Ben died, saving Peter's life and his body degenerated like any other clones. Spider-Man, the Osborne Journal, February 1997, explains the Green Goblin's role in the entire storyline. And then there's just some technical notes and shit. God, there's so many... Okay, the third clone saga, yeah, they do record... Oh, the, oh, it's a different character. Miles Morales had a clone saga. Okay, a third clone saga was published in mid-2021, starring Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. The story arc ran from blah de blah to blah de blah Whereas Miles was kidnapped by a mysterious villain known as the Assessor to be used as a test subject for his cloning experiments. Assessor ends up creating three clones of Miles. Salem, which is Miles, spelled backwards, and if you can see what weren't paying attention. A ruthless leader who wields a pair of daggers and who perfectly resembles Miles, but changes his hairstyle to differentiate from the original Miles. Mind Spinner, a deformed clone with six spider-like arms and six eyes, with which he can disrupt people's mind. That's how it's spelled, not minds, people's mind. And who speaks in limited sentences. And Shift, a space-shifting clone who not only has Miles' default looks, but also inherit part of Miles' goodness. God, this was written by a toddler, wasn't it? Miles eventually convinces Shift to reform and turn in his brother's later inspiring mind spinner to do the same. Left to fight Miles alone, Salem creates a massive venom blast that kills him as well as mind spinner, leaving Shift as the only surviving clone.
cool. Um, cotton, okay. That's not what I was thinking of. Because there's another piece of paper I happened to glimpse that I love. It's called Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. Is it, is it just a running thing? Is it the clone stories are bad? And stupid and scary and the, the stupidity? Or the... In fact, I, I'm losing this train of thought. I, I feel my brain's just being sapped out from all this this dog shit. Um, okay. Did no more the clone conspiracy. This storyline details Jackal resurfacing as he manages to get Rhino, Lizard, Dr. Octopus, and a female Electro on his side with a chance to reunite with their loved ones. Uh, plot prologue. Jackal resurfaces in the form of a mysterious man in a red suit with an Anubis mask. So he actually looks more like a jackal this time instead of like a weird fuzzy little green dude. Like a Grinch or something. Approaching several... Uh, also, Grinches do exist in my world. Um, I don't think anyone's actually met them, but they'll probably show up later this year, I think. For my players who are not actually listening. Anyway, uh, approaching several of Spider-Man's enemies, Jackal offers a deal to them in the form of the chance to revive their lost loved ones if they follow his orders. He starts with Rhino presenting him with a mysteriously revived Oksana. Rhino accepts the deal. Jackal then heads to Andrew Correction of Sody, who visits Lizard. Lizard accepts Jackal's offer when introduced to the revived Martha Connors and Billy Connors. Giving Rhino a new black version of his suit, Jackal sends Rhino to break out Lizard and a depowered Electro from Andre Correctional Facility. Afterwards, he offers Electro help to regain his electrical powers. Jackal later sends Rhino to convince Kingpin to join up with him while using a revived Vanessa Fisk as persuasion. Kingpin snaps the neck of Vanessa Fisk, calling her an abomination and not his real wife. Spider-Man appears at Fisk Industries as Kingpin goes after Rhino. Upon hearing that Kingpin declined the offer, Jackal tells Rhino that he has gained one strike. Jackal is then seen with a revived Gwen Stacy at his side. Uh, okay, so that was the prologue. Now this is the lead-in plot, because then there's a main plot... And then there's tie-ins. Now, who, no, nobody gives a fuck about tie-ins. Why do you have to read multiple, mul just so many other side storylines to understand what's going on in the story? Why can't you just tell a story? Just tell one fucking story. How fucking hard is this? God, your planet just runs things in such a weird way. Okay. Afghan J. Jonah Jameson Sr. has been hospitalized at Mount Sinai Hospital upon coughing up blood. Peter Parker, Aunt May, and J. Jonah Jameson visit him. Oh, okay, so this isn't... This is a different Jonah Jameson. It's an older one. After being told by Dr. McRae that J. Jonah Jameson Sr. is undergoing treatment, Jameson blames Peter for what happened to his father, claiming he must have come down with a disease which led to Jameson Sr. calming him down and Dr. McCray stating the disease is hereditary. Outside of Jameson Sr.'s room, Peter and Jameson are approached by Dr. Rita Clarkson of New U Technologies, who has been called to the hospital by Dr. McCray. 
She says that new EU technologies has cutting-edge technology, with which they want Jameson Sr. to be a test subject of. Jameson storms off in anger while Peter wants to have the full details to them. At Edmond, Oklahoma, a chemical plant that is owned by Parker Industries suddenly catches fire. On his plane, Peter reads the research from New U Technologies, where the latest technologies has them making new organs from the subject's DNA that do not have any genetic defects to them. While Anna Marie Marconi suspects that it has something to do with mad science, Parker is already starting to consider the possibilities. Within Living Brain, Dr. Octopus's consciousness is starting to take note of the procedure. Parker and Anna think a word about what happened in Edmund, Oklahoma. Meanwhile, Jackal has been working with the Nizzard and Martha Connors in an experiment to restore Electra's powers to him upon Electra's reluctance to proceed with the procedure. The Jackal has then presented a mysteriously revived Francine Fry without the tattoos and piercings, a former love of Electra's that he invented killed his powers when they were out of control, being experimented on by the superior Spider-Man. Electra finally ceded and agreed to do whatever the Jackal wanted before continuing Martha Connors informs Jackal about the fire in Edmund, Oklahoma, watches the news, Spider-Man's arrival, and that God, this is insufferable. Okay. Spider-Man arrives at the scene of the explosion where a police officer tells him that there are six workers trapped in the chemical plant. Spider-Man gets five of them out and goes back for the sixth one. Jenny's son, Jerry Soteris, who he gets there from under a pile of rubble before the chemicals explode. At the nearby hospital where the chemical plant workers were taken, Peter Parker discovers that the doctor that, that Jerry had inhaled some chemicals that damaged his heart and lungs. Upon going into the closet, Peter Parker contacts Dr. Clarkson. However, people work on Jerry Soteris in order to save his life. The operation is a success, but Peter's spider senses go off. At New U Technologies headquarters in San Francisco, Jameson meets with Dr. Clarkson and states he wants to see proof that the new technology works. He gets his proof when Dr. Clarkson calls out a revived Marla Madison Jameson. It was revealed that the revived ones were clones, created by Jekyll, to bring villain. Uh, the villains, to do his bidding. Jekyll went awry when Francine's DNA was mixed in with Electra's DNA. This led to Electra dying upon Francine, absorbing the electricity and becoming the new Electra instead. When Prowler infiltrated New U Technologies on Peter Parker's behalf and was accidentally killed by Francine during a chase, Jekyll revived him while providing Francine a suit when she becomes the new Electra. Upon becoming Lord Jekyll, Prowler used to was used by Jackal to find out what Parker Industries is up to. Peter Parker scanned Living Brain to find out why it was acting unusually. Dr. Octopus's consciousness asked why it was erased. Meals in truth, Peter sh shut down Living Brain only for Dr. Octopus's consciousness to reactivate Living Brain and cause it to self-destruct while escaping in the Octobot. Arriving in New Human Enterprises, the Dr. Octopus-possessed Octobot plans to get his biological body back, convinced that the consciousness in Peter's, uh, Parker's body was infected by its time in Spider-Man's body, uh, to believe that Peter was superior rather than himself. God, this is confusing shit. With James Jones and Jameson Sr.'s health having taken a turn for the worse, Peter has to endure Jonas and May's concern for his extreme skepticism of using New You, with his secret identity preventing him from informing them the real reason he doubts them. 
Peter remains adamant of sticking to the conventional procedure while J. John Jameson Sr. has sided with him. Peter's superheroic endeavors prevent him from accompanying May and Jonah as J.J.J. Sr.'s health reaches critical status and he undergoes conventional surgery. To make matters worse, that is not enough, and J.J.J. Sr. passes away. And now the main plot begins. God. And why, why, why is the summary so damn long? All right, all right. This, this is it. This is going to be the scary story to close out um, this episode, I guess, this reading for you this year. So, I guess to be appropriately spooky, I will stop speed reading through this dog shit. And I will really put my effort in. Let's see how scary we can make this particular story sound. Alright, here we go. Jay Jonah Jameson Sr. and Aunt May were in Madagascar. He picked up a disease and, unaware that he was deathly ill, Aunt May and Jay went to a big party for the defeat of Regent, a villain after all of humanity's heroes and villains' powers. After attending J. Jonah Jameson Sr.'s funeral, Peter decides to pay Jerry Sorteris a visit in order to investigate why his spider sense went off in his presence. When they reach his house, his wife Emma reveals the new you had mysteriously taken Jerry away after he had accidentally forgotten to take a post-procedure daily pill prescribed by new you and his health as Spider-Man. Peter infiltrates the new you headquarters and tries to locate Jerry using a microscopic spider tracer he had tagged him with at the hospital once his spider sense had gone off. Spider-Man delves deep into the laboratory and discovers several hospital uh, oh, never mind, and discovers several stasis tubes, with one of them apparently containing nothing but Jerry's nervous system, completely stripped of his body and alive. Spider-Man is soon sighted by one of Miles Warren's clone assistants who calls the Rhino and Electro for help. After dispatching the two villains, Spider-Man continues to pursue Miles, only to find Gwen Stacy herself behind a closed door. The shock of Gwen's presence prevents Spidey from reacting to his spider-sense in time, and he is sucker-punched by the returned Dr. Octopus. In a side story, Gwen is supposedly resurrected by Jackal and his clones. The Jackal claims that this is that this one is not a clone, but the real Gwen, who was harvested from her remains and still remembers everything in her life, including her death, during which she was apparently aware but paralyzed by Green Goblin's gas, and learned that Peter was Spider Man. Jackal offers Gwen the opportunity 
to be his business partner as he tries to change the world with his new technology. Gwen is hesitant about this new life at first, but accepts it when the jackal shows that he has reanimated her father, George Stacy, who is much better than he was before he died. After the jackal breaks up the fight between Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus, he shows Spider-Man around the new U technologies. He was shown to have made reanimations of the villains Alastair Smythe, Bart Hamilton's Green Goblin form, Big Man, Eduardo Lobo, Hitman, a Hobgoblin, a Jack-O-Lantern, Kangaroo the First, Massacre, Mirage, Montana, a Mysterio, Ox the First, a Rose, Spencer Smythe, Stiltman, and Tarantula, as well as reanimations of Ashley Kafka, Jean DeWolf, and Spider-Woman. George Stacy recognizes something off about Gwen's face and points his gun at her. It was revealed that Gwen was actually the Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, then assists Spider-Man in escaping. The real Gwen Stacy is kidnapped by Kane and taken to Parker Industries to be studied. Kane reveals that he and Spider-Woman of Earth-65 came to this world to assist Spider-Man because they saw that apparently Spider-Man allying with the Jackal's offer on other worlds results in a global disaster in the form of the Carrion Virus. Spider-Man and Spider-Woman of Earth-65 escape after quickly incapacitating the lizard thanks to the Prowler, directing the clone supervillains to another part of the city. Back at Horizon University, Kane tells Max Rodell, Hector Baez, and the rest of the employees about the carrion virus and reveals his condition. The scientists figure they can use uh the scientists figure they can use Kane to try and find a cure for the virus since he is not contagious. And decide to call the cops to alert them of the possible epidemic. However, Police Chief Anderson is secretly in league with the Jackal and informs him of Gwen Stacy's location. Jackal sends Electro and Rhino to retrieve Gwen and attends a meeting where he reveals his plan to move into Phase 2 of his project, allowing more new U Technologies factories and less government oversights. As Dr. Octopus is working on improving the cloning process, he is told by Jackal that he also plans to move to a new location since Spider-Man knows where he is. At Horizon University, the staff is attacked by Rhino and Electro. They retrieve Gwen, but Gwen tells them to take Kane with him too, since the condition could help with Jackal's experiments. 
Anna Maria Marconi also volunteers to come with, since she has studied both Kane and the drug. Spider-Man and Spider-Woman of Earth-65 arrive too late to new new technologies to stop them, and Spider-Woman of Earth-65 tells Spider-Man that she is there because Peter Parker has joined the Jackal in all the alternate dimensions she's been to. The new new technologies staff tells Peter what happened. Before they go rescue Kane and Anna, Kingpin shows up and reveals he has been following the Jackal's trail ever since his encounter with his cloned wife. He gives Spider-Man a folder, containing the location of a meeting the Jackal will be at, so Spider-Man can take him down for revenge. Spider-Man arrives at the airstrip where Jackal is receiving a large box and attacks him. Peter is surprised that Jackal is able to get the upper hand on him with his enhanced strength and speed. Jackal takes off his mask and reveals himself to be not Miles Warren, but none other than Ben Riley. He offers Peter the chance to bring back Uncle Ben as his corpse is in the large box. In Jackal's laboratory, Dr. Octopus is studying Kane and Electro to perfect his proto-clone. Anna Maria is brought into the lab and becomes uncomfortable when Dr. Octopus starts appealing toward his love interest. Spider-Woman of Earth-65 follows her Earth-616 counterpart into the South New U Technologies facility to find Kane. After Ben and Peter's confrontation, Ben starts driving Spider-Man to the New U Technologies facility with Uncle Ben's corpse and explains to Peter that he was able to make his company and vision come to life through emotionally blackmailing the higher-ups of society. He then shows Peter the Haven, a section of the facility set up like a normal neighborhood where Peter sees all of his resurrected friends and enemies, with the latest ones being Sally Avril, Ned Leeds, and Nick Katzenberg. He apologizes to the Stacys, and Marla Jameson tells Spider-Man that she was honored by his vow not to let other people die. After J. Jonah Jameson heads upstairs to promote the new U technologies on television, Spider-Man confronts Jekyll and tells him that the reason he has not brought Uncle Ben back yet is because Peter knows Uncle Ben would tell Jekyll that he is wrong and that he is using this power without responsibility. Jekyll orders Spider-Man's rogues gallery to kill the hero and plans to replace Peter when he is dead. Prowler assists Spider-Man in battling the villains as Jekyll heads back to his laboratory. Anna Maria reveals she knows how to stop the decaying process of the clones, and Jekyll offers her the proto-clone body in exchange for the formula. Dr. Octopus takes offense to Jekyll's comments and Maria's dwarfism and attacks his boss. Spider-Woman of Earth-65 uses the opportunity to try and free Kane, but is attacked by Electro. Dr. Octopus pulls a switch, which activates the carrion virus in all of the clones and causes them to start rapidly decaying. 
Spider-Woman of Earth-65 escapes with Kane as the carrion virus starts spreading, which causes Anna to also be affected. Spider-Man tries to appeal to Ben, but Jekyll ignores him and takes over J. Jonah Jameson's broadcast to tell the world that they will all die and be reborn. As new EU technology's subjects continue to decay, Spider-Man decides to head toward Jekyll's laboratory. Prowler and Jean de Wolf assist him with escaping from the villains. After George Stacy deteriorates in Gwen Stacy's arms, she assists Peter by helping him get to the lab. When they get to the lab doors, Gwen locks Spider-Man inside the lab and sacrifices herself toward the reanimated Hobgoblin and Green Goblin to give Spider-Man more time. Kane is knocked out of... Uh, is knocked out of the facility by Jackal. Spider-Woman of Earth-65 and Prowler assist him in containing the infected villains. During the ensuing melee, Lizard and his family escape, with Lizard stating he can cure both Martha and Billy. Rhino was devastated when he witnesses Oksana dying. When Spider-Man makes it to the lab, Anna Maria tells him, that she has invented an inverse frequency that can fix most of the problem. Dr. Octopus fights Jackal to allow Peter and Anna Maria the time to transmit the frequency. They go to the Fact Channel's filming location to see if they can transmit the signal and find Silk there, who tells them Marla Jameson shut down the signal before deteriorating in her husband's arms. J. Jonah Jameson admits to Spider-Man that Peter was right about the situation. Spider-Man hacks into the webware emergency system from Parker Industries and switches it to evoke from every Parker Industries device on the planet, which sends out a large signal and stops some of the other victims from decaying, but quickly affects some of the reanimated, like Jackal and Dr. Octopus. Peter and Anna check the building and see that Jackal, Dr. Octopus, and Gwen Stacy have been reduced to dust. Anna notes that the proto-clone, or ultimate template, appears missing. They come back to the front to check on Kane and Spider-Woman of Earth-65's status. Kane tells them that Prowler and Wolf died fighting while Spider-Woman of Earth-65 tells them that Electro and some of the clone villains that survived the frequency and got away. Dr. Rita Clarkson comes out of the building and takes Spider-Man and his team downstairs, where some of the new EU technology's patients are still alive. Some of the patients, like Prowler, were cured of the virus and still have a chance at living, while some of them are slowly dying. Jerry Zolteris emerges from one of the pods, and Spider-Man tells him that he is unsure of how much of the promise he had made to Jerry's family to bring him home he can keep. Jerry is understanding, and tells Spider-Man that he is only human. Well, I hope that was scary enough. Good holiday. Spooky times. Um, have fun, eat some fucking candy if you haven't already. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, I guess this will be out before the candy eating time. I'm not...
It's none of my business when you eat candy, whatever. Eat poison apples or something. Knock yourself out. See you next year.